0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to be in our volume of the book, Portraits of Yeshua series, and today we're looking at Lesson 12, The Substitute. Jesus is portrayed here as the Substitute. Today, we're going to move deeper into Abraham's life as we look at the greatest challenge of all to his faith. I want to read Genesis chapter 22 to you. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Meaning God, take now your son your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Some versions say God will provide himself the lamb for for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he found Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he, meaning this angel of the Lord, the Lord himself, said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh, or Yahweh Ure. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt. At Beersheba. That was through verse 19. So let's look at Abraham and this deeper part of Abraham's life and test of his faith. Abraham had been called by God from Ur of the Chaldees in Genesis 12. He had obeyed God. He had brought his family, his wife, his handmaid, and including Lot with him in obedience to God. God promised blessing through Abraham. And he had faith. He believed God and was called the father of our faith. We read much more about that in Romans chapter four and in Galatians chapter three and four. Abraham had met Melchizedek and received the blessing from the priest of the most high God. Abraham was given the promise of the son and then was given the son of the promise in Genesis chapter 21. The promise had been given, and so God fulfills it in Genesis 21. Lot had moved into Sodom and was rescued by Abraham once. Lot was also rescued by God the last time. The son of the promise, Isaac, as we mentioned, was born in Genesis chapter 21. But now the plot will thicken because Abraham's faith will be tested sorely here. In Genesis chapter 22. This was after Isaac was weaned. We saw all of that in Genesis 21. He could be anywhere from five to seven years old or so, at least. We know that Ishmael was 13 when he was born, and Ishmael and Hagar had left now by this time. And so Isaac at this point is not a little boy. He is a grown, son, probably around 30 years old. And what we see here is the picture of the gospel so beautifully portrayed in the book of Genesis, because Abraham represents in this example, the father, and Isaac represents a grown, willing son. God says he's going to test Abraham. This word means to prove or a it's to put to the proof, or to test something. God already knew the outcome, he was only proving it. Remember God's character and nature, he abhors child sacrifice, he abhors any human sacrifice. As a matter of fact, he would later drive out the nations and destroy other peoples and foreign lands because of this very thing sacrificing to Molech and to Baal and to the other false gods. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. According to Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 and Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, God would never have accepted such a sacrifice as Abraham offering Isaac in totality and in reality. This was only a test God knew the outcome but he knew that Abraham loved him and feared him and believed him God's instruction in this test to Abraham were to take now in other words without delay and without question immediately take your son Isaac your only son Isaac in God's eyes Ishmael was no longer in the picture at all God's chosen people God's messianic line, God's line of those that will lead the world and testify of Jesus and testify of God to the world so that the whole world could be blessed through Jesus will come through Isaac. Isaac was the unique, only begotten, only one son, solitary. Remember also we had studied earlier in a lesson about the circumcision of the covenant being so important. Isaac was the only son of Abraham that was born after the covenant of circumcision was instituted with Abraham. Isaac was the only son born under that covenant and born into that covenant that God had promised Abraham. God says, take your son, your only son, whom you love, the one you adore and cherish, your beloved son and go to Moriah. Go to this mountain in Israel. The mountain actually means chosen by God or seen by God. It's the same mountain on which Solomon built the temple on the eastern side of Jerusalem, the temple mount today. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1 that this is the very same mountain that Solomon builds the temple upon. And God tells Abraham, offer him, offer him to me. Be willing to give him and entrust him to me as a burnt offering. Now notice this. There was no law that was codified at this time. Moses would write and codify the law of God later on. But there were still these offerings that God commanded and accepted from the people. And the burnt offering was one of those before the law was ever codified. Yet the people in relationship with God knew how to approach him and meet with God. Look at Abel. Remember Abel offered a sacrifice that was pleasing to the Lord because he respected God. Noah offered a burnt offering sacrifice after God brought them through the flood. So before Abraham, the godly line that were in relationship with the Lord already knew about approaching God with burnt offering. The burnt offering represents a whole self-surrender. Every part of the animal was to be sacrificed and offered to God. We now approach God and bring ourselves to him as a burnt offering according to Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 where Paul says to offer ourselves, to to present our bodies, a living sacrifice to him. So Abraham's response after God has given him these instructions, notice this, it was immediate obedience. Now I want you to consider how hard this must have been. And notice also, Sarah is not in this story at all. Nowhere do we read anything about Sarah. Now it's possible that Abraham knew that he couldn't get this by Sarah without, maybe she would have believed, maybe not. I don't know. There's no way for any of us to know. But I know that perhaps he knew it would have been so difficult for her and perhaps just out of love for her and for the Lord, he withheld this from her. I don't know. But she's not in the story here. Yet notice Abraham rose up early the very next morning. He instantly obeyed. There was no delay. He offered to God instant obedience. He took two men with him all through scripture. God established in Deuteronomy, and it's codified in Deuteronomy, but he's used it all through scripture, a principle of two witnesses to verify and attest to anything and so Abraham took two men with him and he took Isaac and so they go they begin the journey they have the wood for the altar and the fire for the altar so they go to the Jerusalem area God tells him the mountains there on the third day Abraham sees Moriah that specific mountain and he tells the two men stay here Isaac and I are going on ahead and we will both worship, which meant to bow down in worship or prostrate oneself. But notice Abraham's words. He says, we will return, both of us. I want us to see the faith of Abraham in that statement and in this whole example. And it's clearly brought out to us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 17 through 19. It says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words, Abraham realized, oh, my body was dead. Sarah's body was dead. God did a miracle the first time to even bring him to be born. And God can do a miracle and raise him from the dead because God gave me a promise that in my seed through Isaac, all the nations of the earth would be blessed and that God was going to make me a father of many nations and there would be descendants as the sand of the sea. So Abraham here is testifying of his faith by even being willing to obey God to offer up Isaac. And we know that he had great faith. He was believing that if if he had to go through with this and kill that boy, God was going to raise him from the dead because God had promised. So he took Isaac with him. Notice that Isaac is the one carrying the wood up the hill. Abraham is the one who kept the fire in his hand to apply it to the sacrifice. But notice this also, the two of them went together. Isaac's question is, where is the lamb? We got the wood, we got the fire, but we don't got the lamb. Where is the lamb? Isaac knew a lamb or an animal was necessary For this pleasing sacrifice, there had to be the shedding of blood. So Abraham gives him a faith-filled response. God will provide for himself, or God will provide himself, some versions say, the burnt offering. They went up Mount Moriah, and Abraham builds the altar, lays the wood on the altar, and binds Isaac. Now consider, Isaac is a full-grown adult probably 30ish years old. Abraham is probably about 129 or 130 at this time. Isaac could have fought Abraham off and probably overpowered him. So this whole encounter testifies to us about the trust that Isaac had in his father Abraham. So Abraham lays him on the altar and is about to slay him. But God's perfect Timing always, always comes into being. God is never late. He's rarely early, but he's never late. God calls him and intervenes. And God provides for himself, in this case, the ram as the substitute. The innocent dying instead of or in the place of the person it pictures for us the substitutionary death of jesus christ this was a great test of abraham's faith but abraham was willing to obey and god provided the substitute this was god preaching the gospel to abraham by this beautiful picture the ram was caught in the thicket by thorns and that ram was the substitute offered instead of Isaac. Offered for the sake of sparing Isaac. Offered in exchange for Isaac. In verse 14 of chapter 22 of Genesis, Abraham chooses this fitting name for this mountain. And he calls it God will provide. Because he had already said in verse 8 that God would provide for himself or provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. God did provide himself. He is Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord, my provider, the one who will see to it, the one who can be trusted. In verse 15 through 18 of Genesis 22, God renews the promise to Abraham. After this testing, and Abraham had passed this test with an A plus rating. And so God swears to Abraham and reminds him of this promise, reaffirming his oath to Abraham. The author of Hebrews speaks of this. Let's read Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 through 20 that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you, coming directly from Genesis chapter 22, that quote. And so, after he, meaning Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So we see here God has sworn by himself. He will accomplish it. He is the God who will provide. He is the God who will see to it. He is the God who can be trusted. He will accomplish it, and he is. Through Isaac, the son of promise, ultimately later came God's son of promise, the Messiah, Jesus himself. And in him, everyone everywhere can be saved or blessed. I want us to just consider a few things to understand about Jesus and how Jesus is represented here by Isaac, And the Father in heaven is represented here by Abraham. So consider this the Father was called to offer up his Son. Now, in Abraham's case, this was a test for him, but it was also the Lord Himself preaching the gospel to Abraham. And Paul tells us that in Galatians chapter 3. And so God gave Abraham a beautiful portrait. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ a beautiful portrait of Jesus our substitute in that substitute ram the one who would die in place of the living person in place of us on the cross this pictures he carried his cross Jesus carried his cross up the hill of Golgotha up this mountain that he had to die upon in Jerusalem just outside of the temple mount, just outside of Jerusalem, Jesus was also caught by his thorns, so to speak. He wore the crown of thorns and he died in our place. And because of that, we can live because the ram was able to be offered instead of or in the place of Isaac. Isaac and Abraham both returned down that mountain, just like he had said. Abraham's faith and trust in the living and trustworthy God shines through here. And Abraham found it out firsthand. This is one of the most beloved and obvious pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. The father represented by Abraham was put to the test to offer his only beloved son of promise as a burnt offering to the Lord. God the Father proves his love. Romans chapter five, verse six through 11, and John chapter three, verse 16. Both speak of this, as well as first John chapter three, that God had the highest form of love. And it was proven here because the father offered his own son Jesus, giving up his only beloved son, so that his son would be the substitute for us. Notice that the father and the son. Both Abraham and Isaac went up Mount Moriah together. In Psalm chapter 22, verse 24, we know that God was right there and never forsook Jesus. Psalm chapter 22 is called the crucifixion psalm for a reason. It depicts so much all through that entire psalm about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And when you get down to verse 24, you find out that God never forsook him never turned his back on him. God was with him the whole time. The father was the one that held the fire that would be applied to the sacrifice. And God offered his own son and allowed his own son to be tortured and crucified on our behalf. And the son was the one that carried the wood up the hill, just like Jesus carried the wood of the cross up his hill. The father bound the son. The father gave up his own son. But notice there was a willing son also. Isaac represented that willing adult son. In Psalm chapter 118, I want to read verses 22 through 28. This is the last psalm that Jesus read or sung before he headed to Gethsemane. Because it's a Hillel psalm and it's done at every Passover sinner. The last one is Psalm 118 that is read. Verse 22 through 28. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. So in the last psalm that Jesus read or sung before going to Gethsemane, the Bible tells us that after they had sung a hymn, he went to Gethsemane. This hymn was the Hallel songs. And the last one he read or sung was in Psalm 118. It is a messianic psalm. And in this psalm, the son is saying, bind me the sacrifice to the horns of the altar, to the horns of the altar of the cross. Bind me to the cross. I'm willing to go. We see a beautiful picture of the willing son. The difference between these two from Genesis 22 and what's recorded for us in the Gospels is that Jesus is the ram. He is the substitute in your place and in my place. He died in our place. And because of his death and his resurrection, we now have eternal life. The proof of the Gospel in Genesis 22 is the picture of Jesus. And we find that to be true in Galatians chapter 3. And I want to read verse 5 through 9. Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Quoting from Genesis chapter 22 and a few other places in Genesis. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Praise God that Jesus is so beautifully portrayed in Genesis 22 as the substitute. And he is the substitute. He is the ram that God provided, who took the place of Isaac, and he is the ram who takes my place, the willing son of promise, who gave his own life for you and for me. I pray that you know him as your personal savior, and if you've never known him yet, if you've never believed on him yet, if you've never called on him yet, do it now. Do it right now. Today is the day of salvation for you, beloved friend. Don't let this message go by if the Spirit of the Lord is tugging at your heart and there's been something here that you've seen that you've never seen before. Oh, hallelujah, about Jesus, Yeshua, the Son of David, the Messiah. I pray that you will call upon him now and be saved. Repent of your sins and call out to him. And if you do so and you mean it in your heart, he will save you. And he is the substitute. That died on your behalf, but you must apply his blood to your heart. You must receive him to benefit from that. He died so that you could have eternal life. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again as we continue to see portraits of Jesus in the volume of the book. Praise be to God. I pray that God blesses you today in Jesus' name. Amen.